What's up, nerds? Welcome to Arsenal X, NGR's Xbox show. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, Edward Barnell. Hello, everybody. What's wrong, Ed? Um, nothing. It's just, uh, it's Monday morning. Yeah, it is Monday morning. And you know why it's Monday morning? Because I'm excited, I'm awake, I don't have to work today. We're going to do some Let's Play in Pods. Yes! Pod and Play. I don't yes! know what we're calling it yet, but it's mine and Ed's new series. It's a seasonal series. We're going to do about, what did we say? The first round was going to be about 10 about episodes. 10 episodes, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be an interesting video series we're doing for uh, NGR's YouTube page and our website. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm dude, I'm so excited. So... Dude, literally when uh, and everybody, please check out the latest episode of um, the Tinder Pod Block. Such a great discussion, dude. I'm still like still so hyped from that discussion that we have. But this discussion we're gonna have, dude. Ah, uh, I'm just like you. I was excited. Uh, I'm off of work too on Monday, and. There's just so much gaming to be done and discussions to be had. Uh, and what you said to me uh, today about, I even know this is an Xbox podcast, Splatoon getting an anime? What? Yeah, where would I see that? It was like Nintendo Everything or Nintendo Life, one of those Nintendo like mm. fanny type sites. But yeah, man. And, and remember when I was telling you uh, yesterday about uh, when a game that people ask about if it's going to come to Switch and it doesn't, someone else's game out the blue gets announced. Mm-hmm. It happened this morning yeah. with Phantom Trigger, and I looked at it, and I'm just like, this is up my alley. Yeah, This Phantom... speaks so much to me. Yeah, Phantom Trigger looks interesting. It, I, I'm sure it's coming to Xbox too, but they, it was on uh, Nintendo something today so like that's why we're talking about it but i think it's in the life i've seen it i think it's coming to xbox and playstation also but like it's like this weird hyper light driftery style game but like has a lot of rpg elements in it and kind of it said the rogue light which means yeah i'm assuming like you can upgrade your character but you start over with the materials you have if you die or something i don't know yes. it looks super interesting and i'm excited to play it but uh dude Let's try to explain this let's pod and play thing yes! real quick. Okay, so yes. Edward and I have been playing around with this idea for, what, probably two or three months now at this point? Yes, where... we, we've we we've done some, but we haven't really, like, pushed it or anything. Like, yeah. we just... We did a test run of Halo 1 uh, probably a couple months ago, and you could probably dig through the archives of, of the NGR YouTube page and, and find it, but... Mm-hmm. Basically, the premise of this is we're going to try to take two games that are very similar and are compared uh, kind of in the same realm. And like, so we're going to put two of our favorite games, Bayonetta 2 and DMC Devil May Cry. So we're going to play probably 30 to 40 minutes of each game and kind of talk about 
during, we're going to have a, a conversation about each game. Uh, not each game, but we're going to compare, contrast how we feel about each game and kind of how that genre works, that kind of stuff. And then we're going to do one on Uncharted 4 and Rise of the Tomb Raider because on across all of our shows, we've had that conversation for yes. probably a year now, right? About, you know, how Tomb Raider, Uncharted kind of influence and play off of each other and how they're often compared and how Tomb Raider and Uncharted are dr- kind of drastically different games within the same genre. Uh, so we're going to do that kind of stuff. And then we're going to do one on all the cool Nintendo RPGs that you may have missed on Wii U, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Xenoblade Chronicles yes. X, uh Paper Mario Color Splash, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna throw those in there. So, uh, yeah, dude, I'm really excited for this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a 10 episode season one. Um, it's 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 kind of a work in progress. We want your feedback, and maybe we'll make it a continuous thing after season one. But you know, we're gonna do that first 10 episode run and kind of just throw it out there and see what fans think. Uh, yes. Plus, it's a way for us to play games. And have conversation about the games, which is what we do on Xbox Live anyway, right? We play the games and we have a conversation, and we're like, we might as well just throw this up on our YouTube page as a podcast type thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited. It kind of plays off that idea of what I kind of wanted to originally do back in the day, similar to Game Informer's replay. If you guys are a fan of that show, which I'm a huge fan of that show, dude. Did you see the Devil May Cry three one? Yeah, yeah, I just watched it last night. Yeah, that one was good. I know. I, I, gosh, now I want to go back and play those original games. See, like, I never played the original games ever. What? DMC, well, I... DMC is my first Devil May Cry. See, I played one or two. I didn't get three, and I didn't get four. And I know they have that collection for PS4. Um, no, that's it's out. Just PS3. The HD collection? Mm-hmm. It's just for PS3 and Xbox I thought there was, 360. I thought there was a PS4 version. Mm-mm. No, they came out with DMC Definitive Edition, and then they came out with Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, but they never released the original trilogy on PS4 or Xbox One. Oh, I thought they did. No, okay. Which sucks, because like, I, I don't want to plug my PS3 back in and play those. Like... <laughs> I, I wish they would just make them backwards compatible on Xbox One. Yeah, is what they should just do at this point. You know. Well, but the thing about it is with because uh, Devil May Cry one to three, those only came out on PS2. They never came out to uh, Xbox. So uh, uh, DMC, uh, Devil May Cry four came out on both systems and uh Devil May Cry uh, uh DMC Devil uh, May Cry came out on both systems. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, so I I'm excited for this this new thing we're trying. It's going to be it's going to be interesting, you know, maybe our friends will jump in one or two episodes to you know, kind of have a three-way conversation uh Yes. But man, I'm excited to finally do this, man. This is <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, I can't wait to drag Matt and Moose in here on a Bloodborne one someday. Oh, goodness. We play through my... the, first, the first boss of Bloodborne or Dark Souls. <laughs> it went, right, with me, you getting killed, and Matt and Moose is just like five levels already in the game. Just be like, how the heck did you get there that quick? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's nothing. 
I just like if me and Corey just get in our tail whooped. Matt Matt moves swinging their giant hammers around, just being like, "Yeah, we're just gonna take this boss out in one hit." And I'm like hiding behind one of these rocks. I'm like, "Ah." <clears throat> so, I'm gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm almost done with Bloodborne. I'm. I don't know exactly where I'm at or what I'm doing, but you know I'm getting I, there. <laughs> I I beat the first boss and never played the game after that. Ugh, man, I like <clears throat> I like the mechanics of of Bloodborne a lot. I just man, I just, I I want to be it, into it, but I want to play it with somebody. I, it's not a game that I want to play by myself. It it does nothing for me, and Devil May Cry. Uh well, DMC and Bayonetta two ruined the combat for me. I can't play because Bloodborne is slow, and which, which like is, it's funny because Bloodborne is so much faster than Dark Souls. Like it plays so right. much faster. Right, and and I understand it's that hit and run mentality of a game, but I'm like, I I want to do combos. I, I like I I want to fight. I don't want to do this, uh, this hit and run stuff. Like, I I just don't want to do it. So, but that's me, everybody. Yeah. Well, we don't really have to worry about Bloodborne because this is an Xbox show. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, well, people I who got the surge. I understand people are into those games, but you know, I yeah. I don't I don't know those. I want it's. I want to like those games, but they're too hard and they're too time consuming, and I just don't. I just really don't have the time for it, honestly. To, if, so, uh, but yeah, this is an Xbox show, Arsenal X. Uh, we're I'm working on getting the email address. You know, I finally got a proper email address for Pal Block and NGR Radio. Uh, Yay! I'm working on the Arsenal X one. I know it takes like ten seconds, but I just haven't just haven't done it yet. So uh, it's probably going to be Arsenal X at gmail.com i'm assuming that's what i'm going to try to get it but i'll next week i'll have a proper announcement of an email you can send your questions in and, and stuff like that because we do want to read your questions and stuff on the show so yes a uh, little bit of xbox news that we haven't covered yet <clears throat> these some of these are a week or two old at this point but uh a lot of the xbox 360 halo games are backwards compatible now um so. And also, Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition is now playable on Xbox One. Yeah, so uh, some some good backwards compatible games. If you don't feel like shelling out for the Master Chief Collection, uh, the multiplayer suites are all still there for those games. They said so. Uh, I guess if you feel some Halo and don't feel like playing them in Super HD, you can get them there. So yeah, cool. Uh, which is cool because I I really like. Halo 4 a lot like I I was thinking about that game in particular and you know I know you can play it on the Master Chief Collection but I have that really cool steelbook case that came with the collector's edition and so Mm -hmm. I was like kind of want to display that so uh anyways uh back to some news not gosh there's no news dude there's nothing Uh um uh, Conan O'Brien and Kate Upton they play uh, Cuphead, so you guys can watch that video. Uh, yeah, and, and see that. Um, I love. I think they got box art for. It. I kind of love that box art, that yellow with the two Cupheads on it. I'm like, ooh, do I 
do I get the physical copy if it's real or do I get the digital? Because if it is coming physical, I I, I have to buy that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Cuphead's going to be a good one. I I'm concerned about it being limited to the Xbox audience, but still it's still a good one for them to get in terms because they don't have many exclusives at all like that are worth talking about honestly right now mm-hmm. so uh final fantasy 15 if you're still playing that game is bringing us those stylish uh magitech exosuits uh remember these were announced back in the spring but they had to <laughs> they had they had to delay it because the exosuits look too much like the power ranger suits from the movie and they were in a in a legal dispute with with uh, Saban about the Power Ranger suits, so they had to <laughs> delay it like six months so they could redesign the power suits. But uh, yeah, if you're still playing that, these suits are out. It looks they still look like Power Rangers. Not gonna lie. So, but I mean, they look cool. So yeah, I need to get past the tutorial and like really dive into that game. Um, also. Uh, a game called Black the Fall by uh, Square Enix is coming to Xbox One, PC, and PS4. That's that game that's kind of like Inside, right? It looks like Inside. Yes. Yes. Um, it looks really nice. Uh, it combines platform and puzzle elements with a foreboding audio-visual style. Um, so uh, I really can't, I want to try that out. Nice. Yeah, I, I still haven't played Inside, but... Um... Yeah, I have it. Um, I gotta work more on it. Um, uh, I I think I'll give thoughts about that later yeah. when I finish the game. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the only other really real Xbox news this week, uh, Kingdom Hearts three, which is making its debut on Xbox with Kingdom Hearts three, uh, got a release date. It's twenty eighteen. Introduced a bunch of new worlds at D twenty uh D twenty three this weekend. Uh, the new world was Toy Story, which, dude, it's tugging at my heartstrings. Toy Story is like my favorite movie of all time. I love Toy Story so much. Really? And, uh, yeah, and the the trailer they showed was really cool. Uh, they showed off some more of the Big Hero 6 stuff, which I'm really excited. The thing about Mm. Kingdom Hearts, uh, 2 that really bothered me, which, you know, I mean, it didn't really bother me. I enjoyed that game a lot, but... The thing that really bothered me is that they recycled the worlds from one so they could get the sequel out. And like which is really weird because the sequel came out three and a half years after the first game. But like they recycled yeah. so many of the worlds uh that it just didn't feel like a different game where like they've showed off four worlds so far for Kingdom Hearts. Well five technically. Uh-huh. Five worlds and four of them are brand new worlds, which makes me really excited. Uh, you know, Toy Story, Big Hero 6, Tangled. Uh, they showed off a new, just like a new, I guess, square world is what you would call it, Square Enix world. And then they showed off a new part of uh, the Hercules world. So uh, I'm I'm excited, uh, especially because, like, Sora and Goofy and Donald in this trailer all look like toys uh-huh. in the oh, Toy wow. Story world. And uh-huh. they sh- they showed comparisons from when this game was announced back in 2015 to now, and like the graphical overhaul they've made, and by moving everything to Unreal, man, this game looks good, dude. This trailer looks like it should be a Toy Story movie, like that's how good it looks. It looks like 
it's finally getting the quote Pixar graphics. Yeah. Oh, it looks so good, man. I know uh they they posted a story uh announcing why it took so long. Yeah. Uh but I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Yeah, but... I haven't read it either. It's uh I it's uh I think it's up on IGN. I know GameSpot has something on it too. Uh, so I, I'm really, I'm really excited for Kingdom Hearts three. I, like you know, on Pile Block we had that discussion on how uh, Kingdom Hearts it, is it maybe coming to Switch or not, and how like you know we had that whole discussion about Lawbreakers and Kingdom Hearts, and they're kind of fumbling around how to say it's not coming to Switch, and like you know that that kind of bothered me. I just wish people would say this isn't coming to switch. You know, it requires the power of the Xbox one or PS4 to, to play, like just come out and say it. But like kingdom hearts is a game that I'm super excited for. Yeah. It's, it's uh, finally getting a cool I, JRPG on Xbox. Like it, if we, if we talked about this, uh, it, it's a day one purchase for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I and I still got. I have. I might have to order it because I can't find it nowhere. The Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5, like the whole collection, uh, for PS4. I think I might end up ordering that because I really want to play. I definitely want to play one or two back to back. And, uh, you know, I, I I still don't like this organization 13 mess that was just that I feel like was just thrown in the game. I don't like that plot line, but. Two's, I, I love two's gameplay, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I love the double key blades. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like I was like two beats out one. Like I was way invested in two than I was in one. Now don't get me wrong, run one is real good of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, love the music in it, but two just felt so like. They knew what they were doing, and they were able to kind of perfect it in a in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely with Kingdom Hearts three, I'm just like, yeah, I I gotta have it day one, and like put stuff to the side and really divulge into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's the article about why Kingdom Hearts was taking so long. Do you want me? To yes. Read that real quick. Okay. Go ahead. There's a uh, they interviewed it, and it's been. 12 years since Kingdom Hearts came out on PS2. Uh, a lot of people are were asking why is it taking too much time? And Nomura said it hurts through a translator uh, that, you know, people are saying it's taking too much time. There's a lot of internal discussions about it and internal decisions that, you know, they were originally using the Final Fantasy 13 engine, which was the, I, I forget what it was called, like the mm-hmm. Crystallis engine or something. I don't remember. Somebody will correct me, I'm sure. Um, and they were using that engine, and they were par- they were getting the game close to release a couple years ago, and then they made an internal decision to scrap that engine, and they couldn't move the assets from that engine to Unreal 4. Uh, so they basically had to start development over on this game. Ooh. Which is why it's taking so long. And it says there was a decision made to change to an external engine, Unreal Engine 4. So I switched over to that. Unfortunately, there was a bit of time that was needed to be rewinded and started over. There was a bit of a setback there. It was a decision that the company had to make, so it was inevitable. We had had a plan of a period that was going to take us to create the content at the start of the project, and we laid it out after such and such years. We would need to add more personnel and resources. We would have to learn how to use Unreal, and we would 
practically have to start over development. We had submitted it to our headquarters and it had been approved, but the internal personnel is very limited. And then they go into talking about uh, moving resources between Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, to get that game out. Uh, so we had to make do with the timing that was appropriate for the company. The company makes the decision. So unfortunately, sometimes this is out of my control. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, because the engine that they, they showed uh, their engine, I called it the Luminous engine. Yeah, that's what, um, it, was. That's what it was called. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very weird because I have wrote a blog about it and I just ended up calling just, just I, I blue call it like the luminous engine. That's what I, you know, and I remember them showing that dragon. It was like, um, it felt like a Final Fantasy kind of game, but it was like a dragon with some monks and, uh, they were kind of showing off that engine. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I'm thinking. You know, this is what final, I was assuming this is what Final Fantasy 15, uh, and Kingdom Hearts was going to be on. But now it makes sense when you said that they scrapped it, uh, to, uh, use Unreal Engine 4. I'm like, wow, that's, that's very weird that y'all went out to use a third party, uh, engine. Mm-hmm. Like you guys went and paid Epic, and you guys already had your engine. Like, what the heck happened? And I remember even I think it was EGM. They show where they designed the room with that luminous engine, mm-hmm. uh, and they put the pictures side by side, and was just like, can you spot the difference? Mm-hmm. And for some people, they were looking at the real room, and then they was looking at the uh, picture of the luminous engine room. And everything looked at the same. Mm-hmm. And people couldn't really tell the difference. But I was just like, no, I see some Jaggies right there in that car. So I, I know that uh, that's the Luminous and the other one is the real. Yeah. Uh, you know what this sounds like, honestly, it is, and, and it seems like Square is giving them a lot more time to work on it because this is a flagship title. But yes. It sounds like the Mass Effect Frostbite conundrum is exactly what this sounds like is like they were working on this game in their original engine it was you know their ideas were fully complete and trying to flush it out and then they you know ea forced mass effect to change engines to frostbite and then they had to scrap together a game in 18 months uh and they didn't they had to focus that time before putting the game together learning how to use the engine which you know it kind of sounds like them using Unreal, they had to learn how to use the engine before they built the game. Oh, wow. That's, that's kind of yeah. what... I mean, this sounds like... A, I mean, not to like, not like an, in a negative light, but it sounds like a similar situation to what Bioware had to do with Frostbite, you know, where they had yeah. to, like... They were using their engine and they had to scrap the project they were working on to learn how to use this new engine and put out a game, you know? But it... Square's giving them the time they need to finish Kingdom Hearts instead of, you know, EA saying, hey, uh, this game needs to be out by this point. I don't care if you're done or not. Like, <laughs> Get it out. Yeah. So. Well, it, it was weird because when the Luminous engine was being shown, uh, Epic showed the Unreal 4 engine, and Unreal 4 looked at horrible. Yeah. Like the the first edition, I looked at the graphics and I and I looked at the lava, and I was just like, "This is like putty, like it, like high res, like high res, 
melted play-doh it looked it terrible like the lighting wasn't good uh some of the shadow effects was just it felt very cartoony and i'm like whoever did this did a poor job mm-hmm. and, and and i think at that time i was rooting for games that were using uh like indie games and people who were using unity because Unity, it felt like people were able to make good games off of Unity and really make them look good. And then just like Unreal Engine 4, just the first edition, which is like, this looks horrid. And so the Luminous, uh, the Luminous um, Engine looked at way better. And I was, just, I was just like, if I was a developer and I had to outsource an engine, I would chose the Luminous Engine. Uh, the luminous um kit engine over unreal 4 mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it was uh <clears throat> yeah i just i'm glad like they're getting the time to work on this instead of pushing something out but at the same time it's like it you need to like figure this stuff out and like this has been a problem with square for a long time right it's like yes you know their external development like hitman tomb raider like those, the the western side of Square Enix is hitting on all fronts. You know, it's it's like it's doing super well, and then you got the Japanese side, which is like taking their sweet time trying to figure out everything and pushing game, like taking eight to ten years to make a game and and doing all these things and confusing fans and not knowing what they want to do. Like the Final Fantasy VII remake is another interesting one, which you know we'll save mm-hmm. we'll save that for Moose and Jason on Nerds Gone Platinum, but like. You know, that's another thing is, like, what is Square doing internally that's taking every game so long where, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it, one of those if, things. If it's moving moving stuff to a different engine, I can understand that. Uh, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, I, I think with them going episodic, it's just still such a bad de- idea. Because uh, this game is huge. I, uh, I I don't know. That one, yeah. I, I just wish... I didn't even wish they even did a remake for it. Yeah. I, I really didn't. If I, if they was going to remake Final Fantasy VII, I would I would want them to remake it and look as good as... Uh, as... Uh, um, what's the one game? Uh, uh, did you do? Can I think of it? We were talking about it yesterday. Uh, the, the what from Square? Yeah, the Lost Sphere. Like yeah, like the Lost Sphere. Um, what was the other game? Um, um shoot, I know, I don't remember. I am Setsuna. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that. Yeah. One. I, I would love for them still to be on the diagonal plane, like it almost, but actually just pretty the game up to to the point where it looks like I am set sooner. And still have that old, funny kind of looking Japanese characters, but clean it up. They're, and they're try, trying to go for a movie realistic style. And I'm just like, it doesn't work for me because you guys are going to take long for this game. We'll probably get it out, but... Do we now have to wait three months or six months for part two? And what happens if it gets canceled? Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's going to be a problem for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I... Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I'm like, how I, do you put how do you put a three disc game into what I would probably say a six episode RPG episodic? Like, is it going to be more cuts more cut scenes than gameplay? And because to me, you would have to factor in uh, six games. They will probably have to be close to eight, eight to ten hours each. Mm-hmm. So sixty hours, if you if it's going to be a sixty dollar game, if it's not, then that game might end up being to eighty to a hundred some dollars if we're paying ten dollars per episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just I, it's one of those things, I guess. It's just man video game development is hard and i understand that but at the same time like you're these big companies and you should probably figure it out especially one as prominent in the game as square enix is so yes um, yes and uh like i said they they kind of been they i think once they got with nintendo they finally made a comeback after final fantasy 13 uh i think they finally started making a comeback because uh Final Fantasy fourteen of Realm Reborn has been a hit and still making good profit for them. People have been loving the uh Stormblood DLC. Uh, more content is coming up there. <laughs> Bravely Default just blew it out the park. Even past square expectations, thinking that the game was gonna sell well, thought they was gonna sell small. To the point where both the first one and second one, Bravely Second, also sold well. So, I mean, you know, it helped put uh, Square back into the black. So, uh, and yeah, the the Hitman thing is kind of problematic, but, you know, we'll probably talk talk about that later. Uh, But I'm like, Square's been on the up up and up, and the Iron Setsuna has been a big hit with a lot of people. It might have not sold well, but it's just like a lot of people consider that. I'm like, it really is a, a... great rpg yeah so yeah it's uh yep <laughs> yeah yeah so uh... so um so Corey, uh this weekend and i have to try to go on youtube and watch it uh it was evil um the evil fighting tournament and i do have a list of the champions who actually won it um i didn't get to watch the fights because i didn't even know it was going on this weekend other than that i would have tuned in uh so uh for street fighter 5 uh fox uh tokido he played as akuma he won that uh tekken 7 uh jdcr uh he played as dragonov and haichi he won that um Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, uh, um, uh, Ryan LV, he played as Chun Lee, Morgan, and Phoenix. He, um, uh, Injustice 2, uh, a man named Dragon, he played as Aquaman and Poison Ivy, uh, so he won that. Uh, Guilty Gear Zerd Rev 3. Uh, was from Omito. He was the champion. He played as Johnny. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Wii U. Uh, Salem uh, played as Bayonetta. And uh, Bla- uh, Blas Blue. Uh, Rusi, uh he played as Carl. So he won that one. Uh, and uh, E.T. Uh, for King of Fighters 14. Uh, he played as Leona, Damon, and Benamaru. Uh, he won that. 
and Super Smash Brothers Melee uh, uh, champion was Amanda. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm sorry, Amarda, uh, and played as Peach. I think it was a, it was a. Um, they said one female, one something. I think it might have been Smash. Uh, I just don't know which one. Uh, but yeah, uh, alongside the tournament, publishers brought many announcements to the mass gathering, including new characters for Blast Blue, Tekken, and Street Fighter Five, a showcase of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, a trailer for the exciting-looking Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and great-looking new games from Arxis and Araka. Um, and then Japan is getting their evil tournament in January. So, uh, in case if anybody wants to, want to check it out, I think they hopefully they are on YouTube. Um, and I do want to see all the matches, uh, this year. Nice, <clears throat> so. nice. Yeah, uh, I know the Smash Brothers Championship was on Disney XD this past weekend, so uh, it's it's kind of weird seeing these things pop up in like on like real TV. I guess is what you would call it, like. You know, the Street Fighter's been, uh, like, some of the tournaments have been broadcast on ESPN. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I mean, uh, Nintendo would obviously have an audience over on Disney, the Disney Channel. Uh, you know, even outside of fighting games, like Counter-Strike's been on uh, Spike TV, I guess it would be. So, I mean, like, seeing, seeing these things kind of become more prominent, and especially the fight, uh, fighting game scene is, like, you know, if any esports going to become a more broad thing, it would be fighting games because it's the easiest to keep track of and watch, right? It's one on one. Yes. You know, you get to learn who these fighters are. You get to learn who, like, their move sets. Like how, like it's it's pretty much watching MMA or boxing at this point, right? You know, you you learn what the what their abilities are, like what they're good at, what their weaknesses are. Uh, and you learn the players behind them, you know, I mean, it's still, I think once we get over that hump of people using their gamer tags and stuff as their pro names, like that, that still kind of throws a lot of people up, like bong ripper 420 wins street fighter tournament or whatever, you know, like that's going to be, that's going to be something that people might have to get over, but like, it's cool. It's, it's cool that these things become more popular every year. And uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to see a lot of different games show up because it used to be like Street Fighter and Tekken, and that's it. But now we're getting Blaz Blue. Now we're getting, you know, Injustice. I think was there this year. Yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers. Two two versions of Smash Brothers. Super so. of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Congrats yeah, to I... all the fighters who won. Yeah, I really want to see the Japan one because I know there's some Japanese fighting games we do not know about, and there is the fighter community in Japan is insane. There really are some good fighting uh, players there in Japan, so I really cannot wait to uh, watch that. Hopefully, um, they do it on Twitch, uh, it is, and hopefully, it is up on YouTube because uh, I really do want to watch the Japanese fighters play. Yeah, yeah. So it's. So. it's- it's gonna be interesting to see how these tournaments evolve and kind of become more mainstream. I guess is the term. So, uh, I, what do you say we get into this topic of the week, Ed? Yes, <clears throat> let's. It's a very interesting topic. topic you brought up to me a couple weeks ago. Yes, and we're like, 
we'll save it for an episode where we aren't going to have much to talk about. And, you know, last week we ended up talking about Destiny a lot. Uh, but this week, PlayStation has a lot of first-party studios, a lot of prominent yes. first-party studios, but they also make it a point to have their, quote, art, arty studios, you know? Like, they have <clears throat> Media Molecule, they have Studio Japan, and the one thing that Microsoft is really lacking behind, do they need their own version of Studio Japan? Do they need that studio that makes something totally different out of the wheelhouse that you know their hardcore fans will appreciate and someone will look at and be like oh this is kind of what a video game could be instead of mm -hmm. you know shooting somebody and, and stabbing somebody and then shooting them again and uh, I, uh yes they do and i think they may already have one uh Moon Studios, um, the creators of Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, made a phenomenal game. Very, and it's artsy in the way that uh, they were able to tell a story through its animation and through its music. Uh, and even though it is on Windows and it's on Xbox One, um, it's only on those platforms. It, I don't think there's plans for it to be on anything else. And with Ori and the Will of the Wisp also coming out, I think Moon Studios is a perfect fit for Microsoft. As in, some kind of indie artsy game. Doesn't have to be big or major, but it, but the it's a company that's so focused on its narrative and letting its art express that narrative. Uh, and you know, I, I I've never said that I want Ori on PlayStation, and I never said that I want Ori on Nintendo because I don't want that game on those two systems. Yes, I'm saying that I don't want those game that game on those two systems because this to me this this is a game that sold me on getting an Xbox One, and this is something that showing Microsoft gamers who love stuff like this need to needs to be kind of recognized and they and that demand needs to be supplied because if they want to do a game as big as horizon that's fine you know if we want it on xbox now we could go get rise of the tomb raider that's how i feel about it uh but we need these we need something very art you know very artsy i guess where the animation and sometimes the music really tells the story um, you know, Rhyme is another example of an artsy game. Even though that's on, that's coming to Switch later on, and it's available on all uh, uh, the other platforms and stuff, it's still an artsy game where the animation and the cutscenes and the graphics and the journey that you own is all telling the story, and you don't know the full story till the end of the game. That kind of art stuff, Microsoft needs to. We need for them. Now, will a will they find a major big studio or a second party studio, someone they could just buy to create that? They probably can. Uh, 
who that company who that company will be i don't know maybe they have to form maybe they have to buy an indie company out or uh look at some indie companies that's been struggling and see if they could buy them out and or bring them to the xbox brand and really support them don't close them or anything if a game doesn't sell but really support them and see how uh how those kind of games could be done and well told yeah yeah i i think you know like to your point i don't i don't want ori in the blind forest to come to other consoles not because i don't want to play it on switch it's because it makes microsoft stand out and like yes they have had a lot of struggles trying to stand out i would say like their their big thing for years was like you know call of duty uh halo shoot stuff gears of war stuff and like as much as I like those games, as much as I like Halo and Gears, like, they need more. You know, <clears throat> Nintendo, for example, they have such a diverse lineup of games. They have such a diverse, you know, genre field where, like, you have your platformers in Mario and Kirby. You have your action-adventure in Zelda. You have your Metroid... You have your Metroid-style game. You have your kart racer. You have your sports games. You have... You know, Mario and Rabbids is a perfect example coming out. You know, you have right. Xenoblade. You have a giant RPG. Microsoft's first party lineup this generation has been Halo, Gears, Forza. And, like, we have Ori, which stands out from that pack. Because, like, yes, you know, you're not shooting anything. And, like, as great of a game as Forza is, like, those games come out every year. And it's starting to be, like... Okay, we get it. You're good at racing games, and it's like it's not their fault. It's not Turn Ten's fault that their games are so good, but like they pump them out like clockwork, and 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 you know now we're getting Crackdown, and like that's just another shooting explosive game, and like Ori in the Blind, Ori in the Blind Forest, and now Will of the Wisp are two games that Microsoft desperately needs, and even Cuphead to an extent, like to stand out from these other right. games because like you look at Sony now and like as as good as as their lineup is like they have all their games look the same like they're all the over the shoulder actiony shoot something get behind cover exploratory games like you know i mean there's various difference here and there but you know essentially like they're mostly the same and i like i said like infamous is the game that sticks out the most for sony is because like you actually get to do something besides shoot someone. And, you know, that's right. why Spider-Man, I think, is such an important IP for Sony to have. Is like, it changes a lot of things from God of War, Horizon, Uncharted, The Order. You know, like, those games are all over-the-shoulder action-y things. And Microsoft needs that edge to to stand out. You know, they, they need that difference. And moon studios could be that you know after will of the wisps do do we get another ori or do we get an expanded project well microsoft you know i don't microsoft doesn't own them they just own the property no. and they have their contracted yeah. right so <clears throat> yeah does microsoft go buy them and put pump money behind a new ip a new artsy ip similar to the last guardian uh <clears throat> and uh uh armature the people who may recore uh, I think if Microsoft is still working with them, I think that could be their artsy game. I mean, you have 
some of the old heads from Retro. You had uh, Kenji uh, and Afune from Concept uh, come and do some stuff. But, like, if Armature without Kenji could be able to make a game all as good, not, not as good as Horizon or anything, but really dive into uh, a game that's really to tell this narrative, they would be able to do it. Of course, Metroid uh, Prime was told if you want to read the story, you have to scan stuff and you want to get the uh, get the story. But I would love to see them to be like, okay, let's let's really make a game that's that's very emotional. Let's make a game where uh, maybe we speak about themes that. Microsoft wouldn't really touch or not many companies are touching. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why Studio Japan is very artsy and, you know, some of their games take long is because they all feel original and they all have a passionate idea that makes it when you play that game, it stands out. Mm-hmm. And like when you play The Last Guardian, nothing on Sony's platform from their first party plays and looks and feels and tells the narrative that it tells like the last guardian like eco like shadow of the classes nothing on those platforms does doesn't do it guess what horizon and uncharted uh in the order 1886 they all might have three three different stories and stuff but they all share the same mechanic you know and they all feel the same because a you're going to hide and cover and you're going to use some strategy to shoot stuff, but you're not doing anything other than that. There's not really no exp- exploration in those games. And yeah, you can say, well, you know, Horizon, you do it. I'm like, yeah, but you really only got five or six dungeons to explore in Horizon. And you you got to defeat some enemies to freedom from... Um, from the virus that that they contacted like we played games like that we've done that in the like far cry 3 and far cry 4 we've done we've done that stuff in games where when you take over a spot you kind of free up the map or some stuff like that like we've done that before so that's nothing new under the sun but we haven't did was we haven't really worked Oh, play the game. Definitely for me, the last time I played something emotional that's connected to The Last Guardian was a Boy in This Blob remake. Yeah. Oh, we. And on, that's now on PlayStation. Like, that's the last time I played a game where, uh, where the, where the interaction and the narrative was told through its art. And it, and I don't get games like that. You know, uh, and that's what Microsoft kind of needs at this point. They need, they don't, and, and they don't even have to be where it's t- where it's two people uh, that you got to control or something. It just has to be something that's very different, and it just tells a better narrative that really speaks out and that's that really brings the emotion and like like it, it has some kind of drama to it that you sometimes might be feel like. I want to see this as a movie or I feel like this is an Academy Award design game and it sucks if it's not if it doesn't sell well like that's the kind of feeling that I sometimes get Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, <clears throat> Microsoft spent, like, at first it looked, it seemed like an okay idea where, like, we build these studios to make a specific IP, like, you know, mm -hmm. 343 does an amazing job with Halo, took over from, you know, Bungie, and, and I still think Halo 4 is one of the best Halo games out there. Like, I, I know people give it crap because, you know, it wasn't from Bungie, but, like, I liked it a lot. And, you know, at the time, it seemed like a an okay idea to make that jump and say, look, Halo is big, Gears is big, uh, you know, Xbox 360 is winning this generation, uh, in terms of the fight between PS3 and Xbox 360, like let's let's do this. Let's make our franchises big because Halo 4 sold almost 10 million copies. Hey, uh, Gears of War 3, when it came out, outsold every Sony exclusive combined that year. You know, it made sense for them at that time to do that. But now, you know, people are moving away from these exclusives and are like look, we need something that stands out. And Halo doesn't exactly stand out from Call of Duty anymore. It doesn't exactly stand right. out from Destiny anymore. Like, you know, and you look at Gears and it's like, yeah, okay, but we've played this before. Like, not that Gears 4 is a bad game by any stretch, but, like, we've played that game before multiple times. And, like, people are looking for something new and fresh. And those are the IPs that make a console stand out now. Like, you look at Horizon... Like, you know, that's a new IP from Sony that really stands out. And people are rolling their eyes because we're getting another Uncharted in August. Like, you know, it, you're seeing Sony start to to have that effect, which is why they're changing their old IP, like God of War, from what it was to look at it now. Like, yeah, it looks similar to all the other games, but it's different from the old games, you know, in terms of perspective and, and the story they're trying to tell and stuff like that. If Microsoft, yeah. if Microsoft can really buckle down and and really deliver a game like Sea of Thieves, like really, really deliver on that promise of what that game is, if they can buckle down and say, look, we're promoting these twenty, thirty, forty dollar indie games like Cuphead and and Moon Studios, like what if they just went out and bought Moon and said, look, we're making a statement right now that this is why Microsoft stands out. You know, Ori is just as important to us as Halo. Like, if they went out and made that statement, that would be so big for them in terms of, like, projection of what the Xbox platform is. Right. And, and, it... and it's important because, you know, Ori is a fantastic game. You know, it's a beautiful game. It's got some of the best animation I've ever seen in a game. It's got some of the the prettiest art I've ever seen in a game. And if Microsoft can shift that conversation away from like, hey, blow stuff up and shoot guys in the head to, look, we can deliver on both fronts. Like, that'll be big. Yes. So. Yes. And and I feel like Ori is a Nintendo S game in this design, and Microsoft needs that. I feel like the Last Guardian is a Nintendo like like Studio Japan. I feel like it's Sony's Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've always said that and Microsoft needs that. And there's nothing wrong if a studio feels like the game they make it will fit a Nintendo platform or it has like some development ideas that, you know, 
when you talk about them, a Nintendo title comes up and discussed. Or even even just something Nintendo's like you you kind of notice Nintendo's development and the fun and the memories that a game gives. Like you just you notice something from Nintendo that you really can't say uh about other companies. Like I can't go to I can't say I played a Sony style game on a Nintendo platform or I played a Microsoft style game on Nintendo. I can't say that for uh, for this. So it shows you how Nintendo themselves stand out in this industry where you know Sony like I said Studio Japan is just like this game this design feels like it's Nintendo but yet it's your own and I love that. Story in the Blind Forest feels like a Nintendo game because they did something with this art style and they let that art style and still be it still have a Metroidvania you know feel to it, but stand out on its own and be fun to be like yeah I I see where you guys are going with it, mm-hmm. you know and. Th- that's something I've always said that, you know, companies need to do more with their art style. And if Microsoft could do that with some of these RC style games, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they could find two or three companies and just buy them out or hire them and to continue to make games like that, I'm all for that because people are loving some some people are loving more of the RC style games over the top, the tried and true tired uh, gameplays of being over the shoulder and all this shooting. Like, as much as they're trying to hype Call of Duty uh, uh, World at War, a a lot of people are not really caring about it because I'm like, well, you guys are going back because you really feel, you really weren't making the sales that you were making with this modern warfare stuff. So, you what you did was you took a look at Battlefield One, see how successful that came, and you're kind of piggybacking off of that, hoping that you would still get that same, um, that same kind of love and stuff. And I, I mean that's fine for some people, but I just I, I just don't see it standing out as for anything. You know, it's it's it's, it's a tried and true entire formula that they're stuck on mm-hmm. you know and if Microsoft could get out of that I'm all for it like I said I'm all for it I want more games like Cuphead I want more games like Ori in the Blind Forest I want something like Child of Light I want something hey even if you gotta take the yarn thing from Yoshi, from Yoshi or even if you gotta br- really bring like the cell the cell shaded style back do it mm-hmm. you know because you're going to your artwork will appeal to more people. That's gonna be like, okay, I'll, I'll try this. And if it, if it, if the music, the storyline, the gameplay matches that art style and really knocks it out the park, then you'll have your win worker that we could talk about. Then you'll have your Yoshi's Woolly World that we could talk about. You'll have your Yoshi's Island uh, with the cram style look. Like we'll be talking about your game because it's still out from the competition and it really defined you as a company or who you are yeah yeah it's uh <clears throat> i know it's a challenge to reinvent mm-hmm. something you know it's it's a challenge to 
deliver on what people want from something versus reinventing it and like you know it's it's hard especially for the properties that microsoft has but like if you look outside of <clears throat> if you look outside of ori and moon studios and like you look at microsoft's kind of dead ip right now right you look at mm -hmm. you look at fable what if they took the Zelda style approach to Fable, but put the Fable touches on it? Like you could totally reinvent that franchise with a Zelda. Not not even. I mean, you can keep the art style. Like their art style is really cool. It's, it's yes, fun. It's cartoony. It's got a British sense of humor. Like keep all of that, but put it in a style of game that like reinvents itself. You know, you could do things with the morality system that are cool that you couldn't that Nintendo can't do with Zelda because that's not what Zelda is. You could do right. cool stuff with like the pet, for example, like the the dogs that you that you get to have as a companion to search out for stuff. Like you could reinvent Fable and make it a prominent franchise because people are starting to look more in that type of direction for stuff. You know, it's it's going to be hard to reinvent something like Halo because Halo is a first-person shooter, right? You, right. It's super hard to reinvent something like that. But you could take st aspects from like Metroid Prime, scanning the environment, not just running up to a panel and holding X until the door opens. You could, like, I, you could take something you... in Gears of War and and add something that you know Mass Effect Andromeda, which I thought did something really well, was the boosts the boost that allowed you to be mobile in that game. Like you, you could take Titanfall two, almost and have it where when you wall jump, if maybe if you hit another button, you switch the whole perspective to your perspective. Meaning that while you're on the side, while, like when you jump on the wall, let's say you're jumping on the right and you press the button the whole game just switches vertical, so you're back to being first person, but you're able to you're able to see the enemies in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like the perspective is kind of different. I'm down for that. I I think that would be cool for Halo. Yeah. Th that's just my idea. But and like like Titan Titanfall is a perfect example of how Halo could evolve. Right, the wall yes. the wall running, which they kind of did a little bit in Halo Five, like. The climbing and the, and the the B dash and stuff, but like, let's see more. What can you do with a lighter Spartan? Like, you, you see how you can fly around the levels in Titanfall without your Titan, right? And like, right, it, and that's how cool. And how the environment and levels play a part on your strategy. You know, the thing what I love about Titanfall too is that it's not cover based. You have to move, and you have to, and you'll have fun moving being able to frag at different points and angles and stuff and you know of course the guns are different guns are useful but it feels a black when you're consistently on the move when you're sliding when you're on doing that wall jump and you're jumping in the air shooting down on the enemy and stuff like you are going bunkers crazy on keeping momentum mm -hmm. and that would kind of be cool for uh for Halo, like, like showing that not only in cutscenes that you're that mobile. Let me be mobile in the actual game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I we're we're coming up on on the end of the show here, but the last thing yes. I just want to say is like, 
you know, Microsoft is actually in a unique position from Nintendo and Sony is that they have the ability to, like, you know, everybody's like, Microsoft's confused. They don't know what they can do. They can't live off Halo and Gears. You're right. But they're in this unique position where they can go experiment, where they can go do things. Because, A, Microsoft, Xbox, Xbox is not Microsoft's only brand. Microsoft can invest in. Yes. Uh, you know, Microsoft can invest in new IP, new studios and stuff. And, and exper- they have the, the capital to experiment with stuff. And and they can go out and find, you know, studios that can A work with them, B they can build a studio from the ground up to make these thirty, forty dollar experiences and and really just and it would be like Xbox two point would be like where right. it, it would almost be like a rebranding and be like, Look, we have the things you love, but this is our new direction, this is what we wanna do. And and that same logic that applies to Nintendo, where people said Nintendo was better when they're in a corner, and they have to fight to get out that corner. Microsoft is in that set, have just got into that corner when they first announced Xbox One with all those problems. They slowly been getting it back, but you know they're still in that corner, right? Of and. What are they going to do to, I guess, fight out of it? Because Sony was in that corner with PlayStation 3. Like, they failed from when, as the PlayStation 2 came out, they failed mm-hmm. and got pushed into that corner with PlayStation 3. Yeah, and then we got awesome games like Journey and Flower and Unfinished Swan. And, and you know, they went out and got these little experimental games that turned out mm-hmm. to be amazing, you know, and... You know, Microsoft needs is in a position where they can do the same thing and probably be successful because they they have the ability to do that. And see, yeah, and see, it's and it's good that this happened to Microsoft because Nintendo it's always happened to Nintendo, and Nintendo has always fought and out of it to the point where they don't even care. They don't see themselves pushing to the corner. Us as on, on the outside, we see them pushing to the corner, but not Nintendo. Nintendo is just like, we know what we're doing. It, stuff might not be a hit, but we're working on it to be a hit, and we're going to get there. Sony hasn't been able to experience that, and Microsoft hasn't ex- been able to experience it until now. So now that these companies have been able to experience it, they'll learn from it and be able to put out better content. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of the position Microsoft's in and how they kind of grow from it because it's it's a position we've seen other companies in before and they've come out strong and you know, it's Microsoft's turn to do the same thing, you know, every right. all the companies go through this, you know, they they all do and Nintendo's gone through it multiple times and look, the Switch has some of the most creative content we've seen since GameCube, right? So, right. I'm excited. And, and Nintendo, Nintendo right now, like Microsoft, I, I will forgive them for 2017, regardless of the, whatever games they release and stuff. At least they're releasing some games. You know, Nintendo, I mean, I feel personally it's going to dominate. It's just dominated 2017, regardless. If you like it or not, you cannot deny the list of games that's coming out that's going that's pretty much going to be must have whether the ratings are good or not it, yeah. they're releasing a lot of content 
Sony is in a position where they're struggling again to get anything out that's worth looking at. Why? Because most of their games are coming out of 2018. Sony was confident to have some games out and still be able to be as number one leader in this industry that people want to see. They would have been trying to dominate uh, this holiday season, but they can't because they don't have nothing ready to do that. Microsoft, yeah, so it feels like Sony is giving up, giving it to Microsoft to be like, you know what, yeah, bring out your Xbox One X and bring out the games that you need because we feel like you guys really need this. Yeah, you know, but Sony should have been like, okay, Xbox One X is coming. They got some good games coming out. We need to hit them with some fall games. That's gonna be worth purchasing. Yeah, because guess 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 what? They could come up with everything in 2018. What if Xbox One X and uh, Switch and 3DS, even PC, continues to dominate over Sony? Then Sony is going to be in trouble. It's not going to matter what they show or games that they release. They're going to have a problem problematic E3. Because when it comes to E3, I'm like, you guys need to show what's coming out for the fall and the holiday. You don't need to be showing stuff that's going to come out in 2019. Because uh, uh, the Hideo Kojima game, that's not going to do nothing for them when that game comes out. It's it's not. No, I think a lot of people are excited for that. They're going to do it to show Konami that, you know, that it was their mistake for letting him go and him giving that tr- that treatment. Me and Matt already talked about that on a past episode of NGR. Um, but it, I wouldn't put all my faith in all and you know all my cares into that game from Hideo Kojima no yeah uh <clears throat> let's see what else do we got i think i think we've kind of said our piece on this i think microsoft would definitely yes. benefit from uh a good i guess art house style studio i think they would they would benefit from uh you know, learning from others. I mean, I, and you know, Phil Spencer has done a great job of really, yes. just like really trying to seek out that content. You know, I, I, I really do believe he is at the forefront of this. I think he's doing a great job. That's why I support the Xbox because of pretty much because of Phil Spencer and, and what I believe he is capable of as a leader in the industry. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to get cuphead because I think, it's something that deserves to be shown off. My wife just walked in. Hi, wife. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mrs. Derek. <laughs> Ed just called you Mrs. Derek. How old do you feel? Ouch. <laughs> oh, anyways, uh, but you know, Cuphead looks good. Uh, or in the blind, or or in the will of the wisps is good. If you haven't checked out or in the blind forest, I suggest, yes. especially if you're into uh, Metroid style uh, platformers and stuff, because it's it gets really challenging. It's really hard. It looks cute, but it's super challenging. So, uh, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap Arsenal X for this week. Uh, yes, man, we had some we had a good discussion. Yes. I was struggling to think we would fill an hour, but we did it. We did it. So, uh, 
Remember, you can email us your questions, which we will start answering next week when you send them in. Uh, ArsenalX at gmail.com. Uh, you know, next week I'll have the proper email, but that's the one I'm aiming for. So uh, send us an email, send us your questions, send us your topics, that kind of stuff. Uh, Arsenal X has been coming out on Wednesdays and broken up on our YouTube page by segment. So if you want to catch us on YouTube, go subscribe to the NGR Radio YouTube page. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. Let's pod and play. Ed, we're yes! really promoting that. I think it's – I don't know when we're going to start releasing that. I, I want it to kind of be early in the week. So if you're listening to this, maybe check next week. Uh, we'll have an episode for you. Uh, but, yeah, this is exciting. I'm excited to do that. Right after this, we're going to record our first set of episodes. So, Ed, Yay! where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at ThatRetroCo. I don't know why I did this, but it's a habit of me doing it as a podcaster. Um, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at ThatRetroCo. Um, you guys can hear my podcast, Optional Opinion, at SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and also at the anomalousradionetwork.podbean.com. You can read my series, The Moment, on skirmishfrogs.com, where I talk about retro games and how they apply to my life. Check out Optional Opinion features on IGN.com. <coughs> Um, check out some of my writings on NGRRadio.com uh, where I have just did a review for Stories, The Path of Destinies. Uh, do check out that review. Um, more reviews and more blogs will be coming that day. Um, August 8th, I will be doing a review for a bad game. Uh, I won't release what the title is. You guys will just have to write what that game is going to be. I'm not saying what it is, but uh, I hope you guys do tune in. It's going to be me and a lot of other writers um, talking about some bad games or some games that's so bad they're good and vice versa. So uh, I'll post a link to that when it'll actually go up online. So I really do hope you guys uh, be ready for that. Also, for those who are watching this episode, this Friday, Splatoon 2 and Destiny 2 Beta will be available. Um, I'm going to be trying to play some on Xbox One and on PS4. Unfortunately, I don't have a Switch, so I can't do the uh, Splatoon 2 one. But I am going to try the Destiny Beta. Hopefully, Corey will be joining me uh, sometime that weekend. Uh, uh, that you, know, you know I'm going to be there. Oh, yes. Um, and also check out my Twitch page, The Lyrical One, for my Let's Learn. Um, I will be hopping back into that uh, coming soon. I think I'm going to restart it in August. I'm going to be writing it out also. Uh, also, uh, uh, the beauty of video games. I know this is a long church announcements <laughs> list. Uh, the beauty of video games, Volume 3, will be uh, up and going in September. It's going to be three weeks where I, I'm going to be talking about uh, the beauty of video games. It's more of a positive thing uh, that I feel about video games. And when I, if I talk anything negative, it's just some of the, some of the downfalls that uh, particular topic has had or that theme has had. But other than that, there's games, recommendations, podcasting. Um, this year, I'm doing uh, PC and mobile, arcade, and handheld. So I'll be talking about the beauty of those. Uh, so do, guys, I really can't wait for you guys to check it out. And last but not least, Optional Opinion is going to be doing something very different for an episode in October. 
uh, October 6th. You guys could be looking out for that for that episode. But this one is going to be a first for optional opinions. So mark that one on your calendar, and hopefully you guys will really enjoy that episode because this is going to be uh, really good. I got in touch with the person and that's going to help me with it. Uh, so I cannot wait to do the actual recording and then to actually release it. So uh, I'm just going to say October 6th. You'll get an idea what it is or you can probably think about it. If people who know me, they're still guessing. I know one person knows about it, and I told that person under confidentiality he cannot say nothing about it. Uh, but yeah, guys, do I cannot wait for that episode to come out. Um, and also, uh, I am, go- am going to do an optional opinion about my backlog bash blowout. Uh, I kind of, yeah, I'll get into that <laughs> episode when it comes out. But yeah. That's all you guys can find me uh, or all my plugs and stuff. Nintendo Power Block and Arsenal X. Uh, yeah, check us out there also on NGR Radio on YouTube. Oh, and World War One Podcast at shoutengine.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't have nearly that much. I need to start doing more stuff. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, so sorry. I'm working on our uh, Let's Pod and Play thing. Uh, you can find me at Corey Hudson and HD on Twitter, Corey and HD on Instagram. You can find me on NGR radio on Mondays at 10. Uh, what's the other one we do? Nintendo power block on Tuesdays and Fridays <laughs> at 10 Arsenal X on Wednesdays. Uh, you can also find us on world one, one podcast and on our website at NGR Join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash NGR radio network. Uh, join the conversation there. Follow us on Twitter at NGR Radio Podcast. Email us your questions, arsenalx at gmail.com. Ed, I love you. Yes. This has been another episode of Arsenal X. And until next week, we love you. Bye, everybody. <laughs>